You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. This week, we take a deep dive into everything Godzilla. Welcome to our deep dive for this month on the uh, Godzilla side of the Bondzilla podcast. Take a little bit of a deeper dive into a Godzilla-specific subject. Yeah. I'm Nick. And I'm Will. I'm always looking forward to a Goji deep dive. This week, we are going deep into, because in our last film, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, we have finally gone through the three major appearances of Nick's favorite mecha godzilla yeah and i thought this week since now that we have all the mecha godzillas under our belt that we would talk not only all the mechas yeah pretty much all the mechas i'm I'm trying to think do we have another mecha hmm hmm hmm. just maybe i'll do that Hmm. just a technical Hmm. well i mean yeah well i mean like there's the anime mecha godzilla like iteration yeah Yeah, but uh there i'm trying to i don't know i mean there's like I can't. I've seen Final Wars, and yeah. there's no Mecha Godzilla. No, I don't think there there are no new robots wa- waiting for us yeah. uh, at the moment. But we've, we've hit our Mechas. Yeah. So uh, with all that said, I thought that we would take a look not only at the Mecha Godzillas, but that we take a look at the Mechas in general as we dive deep and talk about the trope, the character, the creature of the mechanical robot kaiju, because I think it's time yeah. to give our mechanical foes. Uh, in some allies. Uh, yes, I was about to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't forget yeah. the allies. <laughs> a, a, a little bit of love, and I thought we would uh, not only look at uh, where the examples that have been in the franchise thus far, but take a look at the actual trope and what what is so appealing about uh, the whole concept of the mecha version of the characters, of just characters or monsters, what have you. So as we dive, as we dive deep into that. Everybody, get ready, and we are going to start by talking from the basics of the whole concept of the mecha and, you know, the mecha versions of our characters. So, Nick, I thought this is a question that I've been thinking about um, this uh, leading up to this show, and I wanted to get what your opinion about this is, because a lot of this inspiration for this topic came from your anticipation for just the concept of Mechagodzilla because it was one of the things like when we were starting to do this podcast that you were very clear that like you are ready to see Mechagodzilla and it was one of the things that always fascinated me about what is it about what was it about Mechagodzilla that you were so stoked for and what is is it about the whole Mecha robot concept that is so was so exciting to you and that you think is like just appealing in general I mean, I think it's, it's kind of hard to nail down, but I, I mentioned this a little bit in our first Mecha Godzilla episode, but Mecha Godzilla was one of those concepts in general that I really enjoyed just knowing about. Like, it was one of those things that going into this franchise, I knew Mecha Godzilla existed. And I think for Mecha Godzilla p- specifically, it was kind of the absurdity of, like, it's a giant robot Godzilla. Right. But I kind of think that there's a, there's a general thing about, like, just the nature of Japanese giant robot characters. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those Japanese tropes that kind of keeps popping up in different media and in different aspects in, in video games and movies and television, you know. And I just think that just 
there's something just appealing about the giant mechanical monster, you mm-hmm. know, the, the whether it's man-made or alien-made, but something that's kind of made. Um, and sort of how that bodies up with nature, essentially, mm-hmm. how that matches up yeah. with, with something natural. Uh, it's kind of weird, and this is going to be a comparison you don't know exactly yet for a movie I will show you, but uh, mechanical beings play very big into uh, the first Star Trek, the motion picture, which mm-hmm. I just saw on the big screen. And I re rewatching some of the ending today, and I think there's just something really interesting to me. And I'm finding this, too, just like the kind of man and nature and like the natural order versus kind of the big machine and, mm-hmm. and the difference in kind of a philosophy and how that kind of works right because like even a machine you know is something that can be you know in theory can be easily fixed or has like an advanced like property to it or you know you know can kind of function on its own and and i think there's that kind of difference in in how we react to it as as a human process right but i yeah. think it's something that also appeals to like when you know the Power Rangers create like the Megazord and mm-hmm. and they like fight like the giant like you know monster from Rita Repulsa and it's just kind of like okay well they gotta like use all their mon- you know robot powers to like stop this giant monster and it's right like, I just think there's just something very interesting about that dynamic and I just think there's something very very cool about the concept I think it's very you know some of the ways in which the Godzilla franchise really um, delves deep into kind of science fiction. Um, and kind of those science fiction elements, uh, even more so than the monsters, which can be science fiction, but also kind of more of just a general fantasy element. It's just like you really get into the hard science fiction of how things are made and how things function. Um, and I just thought that was just like, it was just a cool image to see Godzilla and a giant metal version of himself just fight. Right, right. It was just kind of a very distinctive yeah. image. And, and, and it's also, uh, before I get into my bigger point, like just before I forget... It is vastly more interesting than when you get like Space Godzilla, let's say, yeah, which is just kind of like a mutant Godzilla that mm-hmm. like looks kind of different. But for some reason, the the mechanical version just well, like sparks I, the imagination I do think the more. Thing is, like Space Godzilla is like, yeah, he's different, but he's also it really is just Godzilla. Whereas Mecha Godzilla, even though despite having the shape of Godzilla, right, is a completely different being. Right. Like, even, like, I mean, I even go to, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just in the robots. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and you had mentioned this uh, right at the top. That, well, that's the, the biggest um, appeal to it is is the whole um, thematic um, allegory of that the robot is the the pinnacle of yeah. human nature and innovation and force, and you when you pit it up against a animal or a creature it is the ultimate man versus nature yeah. uh conflict and yeah, i think rev- that's like really like I, I think that's the heart and soul of the whole thing really i think i'm just having a revelation of just yeah. my general enjoyment for robots i'm just thinking about like the droids in star wars I sure enjoy the robot designs in the black hole which is another yeah. movie i'm going to show you at some point uh i like terminator a lot you know terminator 2 and just the, you know that same kind of concept especially in terminator 2 when you know the uh, T-1000 is the good guy, and yeah. you have this kind of that concept of just the machine trying to be human. Sure, like sure. I think that just in general, I think that kind of aspect is just very appealing. And yeah. I think it's also been fun to kind of discover other ways in which the Godzilla franchise has explored uh, that aspect. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
it is one of those things you can like shove that like close. We have like a loose closet situation going on here. Let's just. It's been fun. Okay, uh, it's it's been fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that that is the. I mean, I've always been like a, a huge ro- robot fan my, yeah. myself. I mean, I'm I'm with you on like the the droids and Star Wars have personally been like always been like my my go to favorites for me personally. But but when you get into like this uh this area, there's so many different. Uh, ways to tackle this conversation especially like when it comes to kaiju and uh, Japanese monster movies because then as you said like there's definitely way more of a precedent to using robots to this degree in, in Japanese entertainment whether it be in video games or whether it be in like their you know superhero entertainment like in the Ultraman series or whatever um, Evangelion is another one where it's just you know they're they're all about robots in a much more extravagant way than yeah, it even like- seems like a lot of like um a lot of like our own uh entertainment like american entertainment like we have our robots but it seems like you know you get like di- uh, a lot of like the different like little sidekicks or they're like definitely like enemies like the like the side like cylons and uh is that what they're called in a uh, battlestar galactica yeah, yeah and daleks yeah yeah yeah, yeah in the in the daleks uh, so there's there's definitely that but there is some precedent for like the evil doppelganger as, as well yeah. and then we have seen uh Usually, sometimes they just straight up do a clone, but sometimes it actually it, it, it is a it is a robot. Yeah. In some cases, but like the one example you use is Terminator. Terminator is like the big one where it's like it's a it's a man that looks like a machine. But then again, I think that is like you once again you get to the pinnacle of right. like evolution where it's like it looks like a man, but it's more than man. It's and, a machine. It's un- because in in a certain way it's unnatural too. And, and absolutely, like uh, Alien plays with the same trope as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you just kind of have like the guy who's infiltrating mm-hmm. the crew, and nobody knows he's a robot until he like you know gets like his head chopped off, and he's like. You know. Right. Yeah. And then there's that that sense that because it is a machine and because and it, and it's kind of like uh in a weird way highlights that slight reliance but distrust that we have in our own technology that we basically create so much fiction that it's like well all right well we make these robots that could just you know crush our you know rip our hearts out of our chest and and things like that like like the robots that you know they're they're logic and their computer you know they've got every knowledge and like but do they have human feet like all that right yeah like this explore and even within the godzilla franchise and with mecha godzilla and stuff and you know, or other, you know, monster, uh, robotic monsters. It get, that gets explored a lot. It's just kind of like, can the, you know, how does a robot feel and react and, and how does that kind of help it function within the rest of the world? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is something to be said that Mecha Godzilla, when first introduces a villain, yes. like, you know, that, that, and even I would say for the longest time, Mecha Godzilla has been more into that antagonistic role because even when you get into Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 2, Yes, it is a human creation being used to destroy Godzilla, but that movie kind of frames it in that way of like Godzilla, like the Mecha Godzilla being not even a, uh, not even a match for like the original thing, and kind of is like, oh, this is like kind of like, uh, like too much, like you know yeah, what humanity I, is I doing. I do think like that's another aspect that we kind of mentioned it briefly uh, in that general discussion, but it is that aspect of the. Mechagodzilla just as in general really runs the gamut of how we explore robots because like, we'll probably talk about all the differences between our Mechagodzillas, 
but there is like the you know the straight up one we you know created for evil um, right for mm. in the first couple of created by aliens yes. too yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically like our you know kind of our our enemy and then kind of the ultimate like you know the ultimate arsenal the ultimate like opponent for mm-hmm. for Godzilla and opponent for humanity but then there's also like the other aspect where it's like it is created as an ally but then you know as, as a weapon is it too much and and all that sort of stuff to the point where you know and then you get to like the the most recent stuff where it's like yeah it's like a good thing but then it is like do we take it too far right mm-hmm. and that aspect of just like it's on both sides of like you know we create robots to help but then we also create robots to uh, destroy. You know, right. We, keep, we create our Terminators as well as we create our R2 units. It's like, kind of like that sort of aspect of it. Yeah, and when you and when you look at it just like on a surface level, because you were just talking about it, it, it goes back to one of our favorite scenes from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla where he just unleashes an entire arsenal of weapons and everything. And I mean, it, even when you go to the opening shot of Mechagodzilla in that first movie, it's like all the, it's like panning up, but then it's all these close shots of like his spinning hand and his like yeah. laser eyes and like all the armor all around him. So there's a level of like, you know, it, it, it's not only the a doppelganger of the creature but it's like oh it's all decked out yeah, as well it's, it's more powerful yeah and then it's like it has like unlimited it's got it can shoot missiles it can shoot lightning out of its uh out of its mouth and mm-hmm. it can spin its head and create force fields where like quote unquote all that godzilla can do is like shoot you know nuclear right, breath it's something we create you right. know and i think that's another common thing with the robots is that because it's creation there's almost, you know, when we play God in that sense, mm-hmm. there's almost an unlimited amount that we can give it, right? Mm-hmm. We can give it an unlimited amount of information or, we, you know, whatever information we want to, right. mm-hmm. to give, you know? That's uh, a big aspect of those first aspects of the Mechagodzilla movies, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and even just kind of how they play with that, similarly, like the Tantanosaurus stuff in, in that first, Mech- mm-hmm. or that second, in Terror, where... You know, they're like basically like, oh, we're trying to control one creature and give it the information we need to give it. But we also have like this robot that we have no problems controlling. Right. uh, In theory. Um, But that just goes back to like just in general. It's just like kind of we um, whether it's the aliens or us or whoever creates this robot air, we get to see him play God a lot of times in, in these science fiction films where it's like we're creating this thing. And, you know, again, comparing it to like Alien, where it's like, you know, that you know, the robots and alien are very much like, you know, working for Wayland Yutani and, mm-hmm. you know, are giving this information and giving that perspective of like, well, this is what we believe. So this is what your mission is. And it's programmed to, to be that way. Well, what is it? It's funny because like now and that Godzilla is the same way where it's like, depending on the context of its creation, you know, which programmed or piloted to be this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, and, I even say, like, if you go to our other mechas, you know, like, you know, Mecha Ghidorah and Jet Jaguar and stuff like that as well. Uh, Jet Jaguar is a great example of this, too, where it's just like, you know, kind of we give it this information, but then, you know, it becomes its own thing. Right. Um, But it is funny because now that you've you've actually mentioned some individual examples but i was thinking cuz we talk about like what the appeal of just like using the the mechanical villain or the mechanical foe and like what the power of that is but specifically what's interesting is the, the because again we are introduced to the mecha concept primarily through the doppelganger like you know it being mecha godzilla yeah. like that's our first cuz i believe like going really back that is our first big mechanical our big mechanical foe, and then we've seen Toho ultimately um, uh, 
play with that idea in, or at least flirt with that idea in many of the in their other films. Whether it be actual full on, they just utilize that idea again in their King Kong movie with Mechanic King Kong uh, or Mechanic Kong, where they just full on, um, you know, take the idea of the uh, of you know the robot King Kong, yeah. um, or it escapes. Yeah, that's if that's from King Kong Escapes, which actually originated from the Rankin and Bass uh, um, cartoon yes. uh, that they did for King Kong, and Mechanicong actually comes from that, and then Toho adopted that for their actual movie. Which, yes. by the way, I have not seen King Kong Escapes, but every time doing research for this and kind of like looking at like clips of the movie, looks like a movie we need to see. I think I honestly would not be opposed um, to putting that kind of in our realm somewhere. Mm-hmm. And remember, like. Uh, Toho actually wanted to use Mechanicong again. Because, right, because yeah. they couldn't use King Kong, so they're like, well, we maybe can use this mechanical monkey. Right. Uh-huh. Maybe like like if we just call them mechanical monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that I'm thinking, but like and then they're like, no, still. But I would be very interested to see how the Mechanicong uh compares to our other mechas yeah. in the Godzilla franchise. I mean, he look from the little I've seen, he looks pretty cool. But we've seen Toho also talk about like they flirted with the idea of doing a mechanical Mothra. Uh we talked about in- Which I've changed my opinion on by the way. Really? Cuz you were just like no, no go on a mechanical. Here's a- what I would say about that real quick cuz I was actually this is one of the things I was thinking about when this this episode. Right. I would not be opposed to a Mecha Mothra if it was Mothra versus Mecha Mothra, and the thematics were all about nature versus right, like, right. You know the what like the artificial creation of humanity. Because mm-hmm. I think within the context, you know, there was kind of like, well, they got the remains of Mothra, and it was kind of like, okay, then they turn her into Mecha Mothra, and mm-hmm. I, that was a little bit more like, I don't know if that's like the direction I'd want to take Mothra. But if you had like a Mothra and Godzilla movie where like somebody creates like a Mecha Godzilla and a Mecha Mothra, and then the thematics were, you know, some scientist was like, but this is a perversion. And like, right, you know, like, right. and, and, yeah. and like the fairies are like, you know, trying to like be like proof that like nature will overcome, you know, whom humanity's like hubris mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I think if you had those thematics, I think that movie could actually really work. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. And also, wouldn't now mind this that. is kind of a movie I want to pitch to Toto. <laughs> um, but I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more like open to the idea. But if it was just like, oh, they took. If it was just the same as Ghidorah, where like and they took the remains and made it. I think right. It'd be, be a little odd. Right. So, but with like again, because because even when you look at other examples, like what are some other good examples of like the robot like doppelganger? Because it's like basically like, oh, it's the same thing. But he's a robot. Like the biggest one I always think of is like Metal Sonic. <laughs> yeah, Metal. Yeah, yeah, Metal Sonic is is uh, up there. That that's um, a big one because it's like it's Sonic, but he's a robot. Yeah, and yeah. and it's kind of like I guess it's again tapping into that fear that because machines are so capable that like does it? Am I overthinking it? Where it's just like all right, well they do want to tap into these natural elements of using a robot and why robots are so cool in the what we have said already at the top. And am I overthinking it and just saying, well, the easiest way to do that is just like, well, we'll face it off against a you know a mechanical Godzilla. Or is there a little bit, you know, still um, some thematics in there about like, well, not only are you feeding into all those, you know, those modern technological fears, but now you're basically making a mechanical doppelganger that adds on that level of like, yeah, not only is our machines this advanced, but you are like this creature that you're trying to fight is so replaceable, is replaceable. So the hope that you always, I always feel that when you're watching like, 
Godzilla fighting Mechagodzilla is that like when Mechagodzilla takes down Godzilla, um, you know, then the it's the robot version of the King of the Monsters that is going to stand tall. Right. It's, it is that thing where it's like, well, we can create something that's better than what exists already, mm-hmm. right? Like, Which is kind of technology in yeah, a nutshell. And, and technology yeah. in a nutshell where it's like, you know, we create these things that are better than what we, we naturally have available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it very much works. Like the toilet is a very good mechanical <laughs> object. That's yeah, true. That's true. Um, and sometimes, you know, it can kind of be over the top yeah and i think that that's that's an aspect of you know because that's a very much an aspect of the first mecha godzilla movie is that these creatures these aliens from the you know third planet black hole mm-hmm. um they're like well they have created like the ultimate machine in that they've taken the ultimate creature in godzilla and you know put it on steroids and giving it missiles and which and let, lasers let's and not like. forget was parading around as godzilla yes. before it was revealed it to be, be a mecha yeah, godzilla exactly. But it was just like, I mean, it's to get there. It is the same concept as Metal Sonic, is that Robotnik's whole idea is that he's creating robots anyway. Why not create a robot of the thing that keeps defeating him? And, yeah. And, you know, basically make a perfect match. And that's the idea. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the perfect match mm-hmm. uh, to an extent where it's the perfect match. But in theory, the robot will have the advantage because. You know, Sonic can't shoot like missiles. And yeah, is not like has like jagged metal spikes on its back. It's like you know, and and Godzilla can't like, you know, shoot its hand out in a drill and and have missile fingers or and, fly or like fly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that that's definitely the biggest thing. So, but so then so we have Mecha Godzilla, and then we uh, so go so as we kind of move forward, and we can talk a little bit about like you know. Uh, all of these mechas and how they have fit into our franchise. Like we can talk about, we can finally set the uh, our feelings on each one of these mechas. So the yes. original Mecha Godzilla that appeared in Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla and the Terror of Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Both you and I have been on the same page where we're both big fans of the retro design. Uh, how it is used in the movies is still great, and it's funny because even in the next movie. Uh, we it brings back that quality of what makes the robot so interesting is that you can keep on quote unquote making it better. And then the next one, uh, you know, Godzilla rips off the head as he did in the first movie, but then Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, has a second head under his head that like shoots out laser lasers at him. Yep. So there's that. So there is that level of it. So like let let's let's. Uh, Take it step by step. Yeah. So with Mecha, where are we now that we have all these Mecha Godzillas under our belt? What do we have to say? What is there left to say about the original uh, '70s uh, Showa era Mecha Godzilla? I think it's still like the most impressive from just a arsenal perspective and as an opponent to Godzilla. Right. Just I think that scene, like really, where. At that last battle where the true potential of Mecha Godzilla like comes into being. Um, and and just shows what he's capable of is still one of the most entertaining and kind of powerful scenes because that's a it's one of the creatures that really just kicks Godzilla's ass. Mm-hmm. Like Godzilla is taken for a loop uh, with all the stuff that Mecha Godzilla uh, has to offer. Like remember when the the head turns around? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like he's shooting like he's like hitting King Caesar on one end. And Godzilla on the other, and yeah. like, those heads like it's awesome. And it's great. It's great. Uh, I do Love think it. that that first Mecha Godzilla that's in those first two movies is very interesting in the fact that it's the one that's purely evil. Yeah, it's the villainous one. It's the villainous. It's the purely villainous one because the rest of them are man-made. 
Uh, and this one is the alien-made one, and it, its sole purpose is to take down Godzilla and help conquer right. the Earth. Uh, and I think that's kind of what makes it a very entertaining villain in a lot of ways because, you know, what's kind of interesting is that, like, we have, you know, our other major villain, I would say, I think our other major big-time villain of Godzilla is King Ghidorah. Right. And usually King Ghidorah is also controlled by somebody, but there's also a level of Ghidorah where it's a little bit more wild Mm -hmm. because it is a creature that like is living you know yeah it, it, it is original appearance specifically yeah um because yeah. remember he was like a, his a free agent in the yeah he's a free, free agent and since, since then you know he's been he's been kind of you know signing with different teams over yeah the years. yeah i think like uh i think uh, this year's king of the monsters would be the first time in a long time that he is uh right. of his own but volition he's still, like represent even within those when he's being controlled he represents more of an agent of chaos sure yeah 100 uh, especially in like destroy all monsters where he's just kind of sent out to be like just destroy mm-hmm. whereas like i think what's really interesting though about mecha godzilla is that it is more of a tactical attack mm-hmm. in the sense that like these rope these aliens are controlling it and kind of early it's an early on kind of like remote piloting system uh that actually comes back within you know the recent movies but mm-hmm. like the aliens kind of you know are are far off and can kind of basically control what they need to do with Mecha Godzilla and tell it what to do and right. and you know and the receivers and stuff like that. Um, well, real quick, it, it's funny to hear you talk about this because I had this thought too. Is that we're very willing to call a lot of the Mecha characters, but specifically the Mecha Godzilla characters, and specifically this one, a character, like in the same way that we talk about uh, oh, no. like all the other kaiju. But it's a it's a machine, and yeah. it's just funny that like. But it still has like uh that you know it, it gives it, they give it that brutality they give it an arsenal and at the end of the day it, they give it that edge mm-hmm. that gives it that personality that um you know makes you kind of interested mm-hmm. in 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 viewing it. Um, now, would you say that kind of because I would almost agree with you that I think that if we're talking about all the if we're talking about the Godzilla Rogues Gallery, like King Ghidorah is like the Joker. And and Mecha Godzilla would be like at least the Showa era Mecha Godzilla is I would say one of the b- better if not best in the top five Godzilla villains. I think, but th- I think that's really what it is, and I think, and this is a theme we'll have. I think there's a certain level of consistency with Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. that I think makes him function real well. But that Showa era Godzilla is definitely like probably honestly is like right there with kind of the original Ghidorah. Ghidorah. No, I I as, would agree. As like yeah. the top like foe, because mm-hmm. even the other foes that we've had, like I wouldn't call like I love Godzilla versus Megalon, but I'm not going to call Megalon like the best Godzilla villain. No, no, you know, no, no. Like no. Gigan has his issues. Yeah, uh, which is another kind of mechanical. Yeah, creature. no, Gigan Gigan is the Boba Fett of of the Godzilla monsters. Yes. Like he looks cool. Like he's a fan favorite. But like, what has he really done? <laughs> like, That's, like, okay, like. What if what if we did a Mandalorian for Gigan, where we just make another Gigan, rename it, but basically like, hey, like you like Gigan, but well, check out Bygan. He's a totally different character, but it's everything you like about Gigan, but it's not Gigan. I would be down. I'd be down. Um, but like, but it's like you know, Abira is a giant lobster. Like you don't like, but Mecha Godzilla. Well, because Mecha, because Godzilla has fought like other creatures, but Mecha Godzilla. Goes into that foe. He's like an enemy. He's, He's a, a villain. He's a formidable opponent. Yeah. And he, like Ghidorah, 
in original Ghidorah, he outmatches Godzilla. Right. And in the original, what's kind of fun is that the original Ghidorah, they need Rodan and Wathra to kind of help out in defeating this giant creature. But mm-hmm. it's like in, you know, in um, obviously he gets help from King Caesar in Mechagodzilla, but it really is more of a mono mono fight. And it is kind of Godzilla, you know, reigning supreme with that head takeoff. Well, there is something to be said about why he transfers into a villain. When we think of, like, I think the the best uh, creatures that are actual Godzilla villains, you think of the ones that are more unnatural or invasive. Like, so Ghidorah's an alien. And I think the thing that makes Mechagodzilla is, you're right, he's a machine. Like, Because when yeah. you think about Abira or Kumunga or Kamakuris, it's like, all right, those are just other animals that mm-hmm. Godzilla fights. But, yeah. like, Mechagodzilla... And it's funny because he really just gets away with just being, like, pretty much the ultimate killing machine. Like, when it comes to Godzilla. Like, when you look at Mecha Godzilla, yeah, it, it really is the best-case scenario design for how you would want to make a metal enemy kaiju. And I don't think it should be... It should be noted, too, that that movie does a fantastic job before that final... Because we keep talking about that final battle and that mono mono fight. But that movie does a fantastic job at establishing... Um, They'll build up to sure, like, because remember, you know, in his Godzilla form, in his Godzilla disguise, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah, that Mega Godzilla kills Anguirus pretty like, much, pretty yeah, much yeah. like kills Anguirus to the point where he's never seen again, yeah, until the next movie, yeah. <laughs> um, until the next movie we review, yeah. um, but but that's the thing is like that fight really establishes him as a villain, mm-hmm. it really establishes him as a like brutal creature mm-hmm. that has everything the strength and the 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 str- like the strength and the power of Godzilla but with much more of a killer instinct and i think it's also by the way um and i i know i mentioned this in for certain the episode but the reason that that mecha godzilla works so well in that first mecha godzilla mm-hmm. movie is the fact that we've established godzilla as a heroic figure that's true and that's i do true. think that that is something obviously we have not really seen that since the showa era it's kind of played with a little bit within the hasty era like just not as strongly but they do kind of you know play with that kind of defender of you know create nature sure. type of deal mm-hmm. Um, but that was always something I loved about that show, Era Godzilla, and I think what makes it is that, you know, by, by that context, we had had, like, Hedora and Megalon at the, that point, and Gigan, where we established Godzilla as this creature. And again, especially in that first, uh, this creature that people are like, oh, he's going to save the day. Especially within that first Mechagodzilla movie, where you have characters being like, hmm, this is out of character for Godzilla. He's right. just randomly doing things. and Yeah, they, you know, they, even I think in the movie, they're like, well, Godzilla, like, Anguirus is his buddy. Like, yeah. And they even say, like, oh, the cries of Anguirus must have called the real Godzilla, like, yeah, things yeah. like that. And it's just like, and I think that's what makes it kind of really mm-hmm. nice. It's, it's a basically like, in theory, mm-hmm. in theory, how like Bane's kind of supposed to be. Sure. In, in the Dark Knight Return, uh, Dark Knight Rises, I should say, where it's like kind of like you have this history, and now he's like the ultimate foe because you know that he's like his heroic figure, mm-hmm. and it's like that that final phys- that physical matchup that he hasn't really had. But I think like this definitely works a lot better uh, than the Dark Knight. Yeah. Rises. Um, <laughs> and I think, but I think it's that same kind of idea where it's like you know we've had this heroic creature, and he, you know he kicked Adora's ass, he kicked Jigen's ass, but now he's come up with this 
this foe that is his equal and his superior mm-hmm. in the sense of like it's it's basically himself but bigger, badder. Yeah. Uh, and with like a you know an uh, a smart tactical alien force behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is good to know because it, relatively speaking, like I mean, it was the last two movies of the Showa series. Like so, yes. right before Toho's big hiatus, like you know, Mega God. That's when Mega Godzilla was introduced. So yeah. it was fairly late in the game. But before we move out of the Showa series, so like as that's kind of like our feelings on Mega Godzilla one. Uh, but, you know, we would be remiss if we, as always, we need to talk about the other spectrum of, like, not every uh, mechanical, Appreciate I guess you. we could say kaiju, yeah. is labeled a villain. Uh, and, and not uh, every mechanical kaiju is, is a doppelganger. Yeah, and uh, so when we go to the opposite side of the spectrum, of course, and everybody who listens, I know you may be tired of it. Well, too bad, because we are talking about the one, the only Jet Jaguar. And yeah. as we and that and that really is the, you know, the opposing side of the, you know, yeah. the mechas when we're talking right. about uh, like Mecha Godzilla and then we talk about Jet Jaguar. Full on um full on good guy um in this one and it's funny like they don't need they don't make any fuss about that in the movie it's not one of those like oh they're enemies at first and then they become good guys like no it's they're literally like shaking hands and doing fist bumps in this movie and godzilla is coming to the rescue and doing that and there's even some sense that in that movie like everybody's kind of like a robot thing where it's like megalon may be kind of like an ancient robot thing and gigan is a cyborg and we'll talk about gigan but uh, but yeah, Jet Jaguar is the heroic metal, and that's always my thing. With I love Jet Jaguar, you know, I love Jet Jaguar. But it it is kind of like I guess does he fit the the title of kaiju? I mean, he, he is a giant creature, I suppose. Yes. Well, I would say he fits the title of kaiju because yeah. he is played by a man in the suit. Fair enough. Fair I enough. I think that's like where the real definition of that right is. Yeah, it's a kaiju creature, but like really the the kaiju term I feel like is more technically termed from mm-hmm. its origins of the costumed you yeah. know, thing. But uh, he, he is a very interesting scenario because in as we're talking about, he's the opposite of Mechagodzilla. Because Mechagodzilla, I, we call him a character because we like him as a villain. Yeah. And he's that unstoppable force. He's the perfect villain in many ways. But, you know, and if you dissect him, it's more of just like a... A uh, he he's brute he's brute force he's got a great design and he's a character in in that sense but he he doesn't is not one for personality in the same way that right. many of the other his personality do. is that brutality yeah like that's where he gets that kind of personality that whereas Jet Jaguar is like we maybe this is us you know putting this onto him but exudes uh just personality and likability and you see him as like the sentient individual character that uh that you more associate with especially later day um, well that whole movie the whole direction of it is like all the kaiju are very much like yeah come on let's do this yeah, yeah. but uh but jet jaguar is in that movie so um it, it makes for a good uh, a contrast to yeah. where we see mecha godzilla go indeed and it's very much like the thing about Jet Jaguar. I think is, is is another way in which we can explore that robotics and that technology and that that human evolution type of question that comes with the nature of robotics. Because the thing about Jet Jaguar is that we have no idea what his purpose is, like why he was built. Of right? Like, yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> but what's what's amazing is this. Like, remember, it's a shock to the scientists. That he's able to do half of the things half that he does. Half of the things he does. And yeah. it's, but it's just kind of that nature of just like how when we play God in that sense, our own creations can surprise us. And mm-hmm. there's that there's that fighting spirit 
That's really what it is about Jet Jaguar, is that he obtains this temporary fighting spirit. Just some sort of humanity kind of enters him. Right. In some form or another. Again, that movie has no script, so there's no means for us to know, but there's kind of a power in the fact that, like, he just kind of comes alive for his duty. And we kind of said that, like, He's got that kind of, it feels like he's got that Captain America type of quality to yeah. him where he's just like, he, I, I can it, do that all day. <laughs> I, yeah, he's basically, I'm here to save the day and I'm going to fight to my last robotic breath. And you're exactly right in for a movie, again, a movie that has no script and is just like nonsense for, you know, the hour, 15, whatever, how long that movie is. Jet Jaguar, just as a character exudes personality. Right, Like, right. there's just... I think it's a lot of it is the design. Yeah. And I think it goes to the Mechagodzilla, too, and just the way they, they use that suit. But, you know, it's got that face and that smile and just the how the eyes look and everything like that. And at the end of the day, you know, when he's kind of, like, going to shake hands with Godzilla and there's that just kind of... There's that heroic, pure spirit to Jet Jaguar that really kind of captures Yeah, him. it's cool, but not... It, it's kind of like, you know how C-3PO has the perfect human design, like, robot face? Yeah. That is just, like, when he's doing comedy or, like, when he's scared. Like, he, it's just, like, this weird, like... And obviously, it's Anthony Daniels' performance, but, like, you just can just read anything into the face and right. it works it's, pitch perfectly. It is the performance and the character of C-3PO that makes that such, like, a... You know, that... F- Face works so many different contexts with the, with the performance, right. and I think it's very much like the same thing in in just the way that the costume looks. Mm-hmm. It's so well designed. Yeah, it, it's because it, it's got the bright colors, but it's not too campy. The face is cool, but it's not too threatening, and it, it really is a perfectly, I think, designed. You know, it, it kind of has like a little bit more DNA and like Ultraman and things like that. But yeah, um, it it, it definitely that, works. And that kid who designed it. Yeah, the, as as originally as Red Arone, which yeah. uh, did not, uh, did not you know, survive. Yeah, it, it, it had the same color scheme. Yeah, yeah, it had that. But I, I, I do hope that kid was happy. Looking at, but look, thinking of all of our mechas, is this the one mecha other than Kiryu in the Millennium series? Is this our one mecha that has sentience? Yeah, because when we get into because Mechagodzilla kind of has sentience, but it's mostly like it's just there's some personality for uh, you know stylistic purposes. But you know we have Mech- none of the Hasey uh, right uh, things have because uh, per- even if have they're on their, on their or own, sentience. they're still like control like, right. like Ghidorah and Gigan are like their own kind of thing, but they're also still kind of controlled. Like, yeah, and they also well, kind of make the distinction that those are cyborgs, yes, so like they're true. just uh, like um, weird. But I would yeah. say that like yeah, because even like. You know, our our scientists and our human creators of Jet Jaguar just have no idea like what's going on. Right. Yeah. They yeah. just like the suddenly the thing like gains sentience and can shrink and grow and what. And, yeah. And and I think that's what kind of makes Jet Jaguar even more impressive as a character is you just get this sense of like he just kind of came into being. You know, it's almost like kind of like kind of like um. Like fairy godmother esque, I would mm-hmm. say like we're just he comes at the right comes comes at the time you need him. Yeah, yeah, it, oh, it, definitely. No, yeah, Jet Jaguar is the Mary Poppins <laughs> of the Godzilla Kaiju verse. That's it's like, true. He That's comes true. in when you need him, and yeah. then as, as once everything's fixed. He's he's off to the net. Yeah, like he's off until you need him again. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, and that's what we always talked about our Jet Jaguar show, where he's always non sentient, and then when the ro- and the monsters come, then he like wakes up. 
Either yeah. that, but he's also flying around like Captain Planet, next, so he's he's kind wait, of more like. Okay, hold planet. on. I'm putting this out there right now. Next yeah. year at Comic Con for that cartoon booth, Jet Jaguar as Mary Poppins as a commissioned. Yes, play. there we go. There we go. That's what we need to do. Um, I'm I'm down for that. But yeah, but it, there is a sense that he is definitely a robot kaiju, but he is one of the few that's also not treated as expendable too. Yeah. Because like there is a sense that like, oh, when he's getting beat up, he's getting beat up. Like, oh no, Jet Jaguar is losing. Right. And so there cuz even our heroic uh robotic kaiju, there 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 is a level of like, oh, they can take a licking, whatever. Well, like, which yeah. is also because that's a, the nature of the uh the small business nature of uh, to Jaguar, because all these other kaiju that we have have big alien, you know, uh, societies behind them, right? Or yeah, the government yeah. behind them. Whereas, like, it really was like Jet Jaguar is just this one scientist passion project. This, sure, this thing that he's just working on in his house with the mural. And you know, again, it's like at the end of the day, we don't know what the you know he was just building it for fun. He was just building it, you know, for you know help around the house or something like that. But there's that sense where it's like, well, it's not easy to, like, the parts aren't just going to be there to, like, build him a new face. It's mm-hmm. like, if he, if he like, loses himself, like, that might be it for our for our, our friend. Whereas, yeah. like, you know, like, Mechagodzilla, whether he's an alien or a government project, can just go back to the lab. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it, you know, with the, you know, those two Godzilla, Gakagodzilla movies that have direct sequels. You just bring him back to the lab, bring him back to the base, and just kind of repair him and give him some upgrades and... He'll be back on the fight. And as corny as like impossibly contrived as it is to be like, how is it like Jet Jaguar? How is he doing this? The will of Jet Jaguar allowed him to grow and do that. It's a little silly, but there is a bit about that where even though they made a robot out of this thing, that it, you know, everything that he's doing is very unique and special right, and like kind of one like of a kind. He just has that fighting spirit within yeah. him. Yeah, but it, I think it's specifically that he's he's one of a kind. He's like that thing oh, where yeah. it's like a Mecha Godzilla is a robot Godzilla. Like somebody clearly built that. Yeah. But there's only one Jet Jaguar. Yes. Like so like the fact that like when he's like being having uh, fireballs spit on him, you're like, oh no, Jet Jaguar, right. get up. Like, yeah, you know, you don't want to like, see him go. It, it feels more so like kind of the superhero nature. It's like yeah. there, there's just like that's, he's the hero and he's, the only one of himself. Yeah, God, God I love Jet Jaguar. Oh, we, we there need, needs to be more. There, there needs to be we more. We really like need to find a way to put more out. There. Like, li- listen, like make a Jet Jaguar movie. Put Anguirus in it. <laughs> like, we'll bring back all like the the kaiju that have not been been getting too too much love. Um, but okay, so those are actually two really good opposite ends of the spectrum for the mechas, and that's primarily in the Showa series. But then we head into the Hasey yeah. series. Are we gonna get to like the cyborgs later, or what are we gonna? Talk about? Uh, well, I because. I do. Well, I, let's talk about the cyborgs real quick because it, it is a very. As I was kind of thinking about it, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about them because I don't know if they really fit in that same mecha category that I would put some of our other yeah. kaiju. One, I think here's the thing. I do think that like Mechagodora as a cyborg deserves to be talked about a little bit more, especially with his connections to. Oh no, Ghidorah, Mecha Ghidorah, definitely because I consider him right. a mecha. Well, but if you're, are you thinking more about like? Gigan and Megalon, or like, wait, yeah, wait, I mean, yeah. like, I was gonna talk about Guy because Gigan, I like, is one of those things that's weird that I do consider him like a robotic creature more so, mm-hmm. yeah, just because of the way he looks. Mm-hmm. My thing about, like, here's the thing about Gigan Gigan is a great design, mm-hmm. great design, probably again could be easily redone. But the problem with Gigan is that Mecha Godzilla is everything Gigan should have been, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing is like. Because Gigan's the here's the thing. Gigan's one thing that he had going for him in Godzilla versus Gigan 
is that brutality. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing because otherwise Gigan really doesn't have much happening mm-hmm. in that movie. It's a very boring last fight, and it's kind of because within that movie, Godzilla and Gigan don't really have great chemistry as foes, um, which I think kind of works better in Megalon because you kind of have that fatal four-way action going on. Right. Uh, where you kind of have like the switch ups, and, and I think actually Jet Jaguar and Gigan would be very good foes. And in fact, in our Jet Jaguar movie, I wouldn't be opposed to like making Gigan like the villain in that again. Um, but I do think that it's just the issue because once you give Mecha Godzilla that brutality, but then give him a more consistent like kind of personality and a more consistent fight with Godzilla and kind of that backstory, more a better alien backstory with him. It's just everything that Gigan like set up to be interesting. It's just kind of overtaken by like being more interesting and working well with with Mecha Godzilla. But I think this kind of gets into why I wasn't almost going to bring him up in the Mecha conversation. I think one of the the big mistakes with Gigan too, and I and I like him because I'm entrenched in the in the series. But I don't think it's even ultimately clear what his deal is either. Like because my thing is. He's a cyborg, and that's usually generally like what the right, the portrayal got, like, of him he's got, like, is. Yeah, metal like he's got the robotic eye thing going sure, yeah, on, mm-hmm. and like metal hand claws or whatever. Yeah, and the buzz saw in it, in, right, in his abdomen. Saw. But like, there's nothing about him like not in the same way that all of our other mecha characters, like Mecha Godzilla, where they immediately tap into all of those technological themes that we were talking about earlier. Whereas Gigan is kind of like. You kind of just look at him as like almost like a, a monster just with weaponry yeah. is like kind of the way that I look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think that there, there are versions of Gigan and iterations of Gigan and across the medium that lean a little bit more into like, okay, he's like a cyborg. Um, but in the mo- in the movies, especially in the Showa era, I don't feel like they, they quite uh, hit right. it the same way. Yeah. Um, but it, that would be my only kind of, kind of thing. Like I, I think that there are better examples of the Mecha than Gigan or Megalon uh, have been. That's fair. Yeah. But as we move into the Hasty series, we can talk about technically a cyborg that I do feel like fits into the Mecha category because, and one interesting thing as we get into the Hasty series is that the Hasty series, is all about like the military doing it's kind of like going back to our themes about creating technology that's better every time and is always advancing to like you know take down Godzilla and it's like when is like when are we going too far because like every movie has like a new super jet it has a new maser cannon a new weapon of choice that they can do and um and so there is a level of technology always constantly in the background of the Hasey films. And um, so that's something to keep in mind as we talk about these next couple entries. But yeah, so we have Mecha King Ghidorah, who is our first clear, like, cyborg who yeah. i would consider more of at least in that camp side. of the mecha side yeah. yeah and then that's like the biggest one now because we have a mecha that is basically grafted to not only a legacy character but it's clearly still maintained some of its or- organic right. appearances and then that was something like so we went into this series like you had no idea that mecha Ghidorah, mecha king Ghidorah yeah. actually existed right and it remains one of my favorite reactions that you've ever had to any of these movies like when he shows up from the future um so like let, let's let's talk a little bit about mecha king Ghidorah, what we our thoughts about him and how he fits into our broader conversations of mechas it is interesting because i think like um that Ghidorah movie is another one. I, I had mentioned to you there's a couple of Godzilla movies I'd like to revisit now that we've kind of gone through most of them. 
Uh, but I kind of was thinking about this, and I kind of think that that Ghidorah movie is something to kind of add to mm, that mm-hmm. as kind of a revisit. Um, but Mecha King Ghidorah is a very interesting in the terms of the way that just that movie's plotted. It, it you know it kind of creates that kind of you know the the final foe type of deal. And again, it's like that sort of right on that edge of you know Hasty Godzilla being like the hero figure. Mm-hmm. Um, where he's again not really that way, it, in not in the way that he was in the Showa, but he basically is kind of you know defending the Earth at this point mm-hmm. from that. Uh, I think it's like it's a great, just a great idea, uh, more so than anything else. And uh, again, the reaction I had was very much like, yeah, like this is of course this is like kind of awesome, right? And like the heads and stuff like that, like the heads and and everything like that. Because that's a that's an example of a a creature that was piloted as well. Like yes. it, it ceased to be its own individual uh, Ghidorah, and then it be and then Emmy started piloting piloting it, and then it became uh, a, a weapon. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And and that's like the thing I think that ultimately King Ghidorah represents is because throughout the course of that movie, the origin of King Ghidorah in that movie was that the the Futurians uh like inadvert not inadvertently they they create Ghidorah to take place in of Godzilla and then uh, destroy uh, Japan for their own purposes. Right. And then when, um, you know, Ghidorah gets killed, Emmy goes back, uh, back to the future and um, basically co-ops this weapon that they had inadvertently created, that they went too far with technology and, you know, yep. messing with the, the time stream and everything. And uh, she took it back to create a weapon to, you know, make things right. So there's a little bit of that back and forth about, you know, when does technology and when do our human efforts go too far? And then do we like, you know, bring it back and like, you know, reclaim it for, for better use. And and that Mecha Ghidorah, you know, also had some very fun battle moments mm-hmm. in, in that final battle. Um, and it's, it's a very memorable part of that movie. Yes. And I think it's a very unique aspect because, again, we, you know, they, they flirted creating the Mecha Mothra, but that's not something we really have seen um, at all. It was like, you know, we'd just seen the Mecha Godzilla at that point. So, kind of the kind of twist of like, well, we have a new Mecha creature and kind of the ways in which that is improved. But also, again, we kind of see some of the detriments of it being a Mecha creature in that final fight as well when they struggle with it. Um, throughout that fight uh, as well. Do you think it's interesting, though, that, like, unlike Mechagodzilla, where they primarily showcase him as, like, you know, he's got all the tools, and in, in many ways he's, like, just a few steps from even overpowering Godzilla, whereas Mecha King Ghidorah is powerful and formidable, but it's almost utilized as, like, a rescue tool at the it's end a, of the movie. It is a rescue tool, but I also think it is more of a... It comes across more of not as well, the hodgepodge isn't the right word, but basically like they're doing the best with what they have, right? Or so mm-hmm. anything else. Where it's like we gotta do this, you know, Mecha Ghidorah thing to 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 save the day, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like kind of again that kind of like the, and then you kind of blur the lines between like you know Godzilla being you know a defender, but also you know a a you know the creature of chaos that the Heesey series mm-hmm. kind of you know defines them as, and then you have Ghidorah, which you're right is this kind of you know, man created villain that is co-opted into being this, you know, this kind of like, you know, rescue vehicle as you put it. Well, it's just interesting that but, it's not like he shows up and then he like clean shop and like no, Godzilla is defeated. Also, but again, the way that that creature is built, it is a lot more because it's a cyborg. It is a lot more hodgepodge in that, like, you know, they had to put them. It's basically like how I kind of put it is like, 
it's like when you know you kind of just have to fix something mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. you're doing the best you can with the material but it's gonna look like you fixed it right mm-hmm. and the thing that's the thing with mecha Ghidorah is basically like well we had to fix this up the best we could mm-hmm. to like make it function yeah and uh so in a way it's almost even showing like the uh capabilities and simultaneously the limitations right. of what it's, you can do lim- with technology it's, kind of, it's more limited than yeah. our other mechas because you know it wasn't like built as with the intention of it being this ultimate machine mm-hmm. or in the case of jet jaguar just like kind of this pure robotic creature uh it was built as kind of like a solution to a problem mm-hmm. a quick solution to a problem technically right. speaking and is basically like you know you're you just like the limit of what we can do in that scenario and even like the limit that technology affords us where it's like we can't, you know, it's kind of that end where it's like, yes, technology can bring us this great things, but if, you know, it's kind of hodgepodge together Mm -hmm. out of these parts, it's not going to be all it could be. Yeah. It's not going to last either. Cause like, like even when he's like taking Godzilla out to sea, it gets destroyed again. Yes. So it's like, and it gets destroyed and then co-opted once more into our second iteration of Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. um, and that is, I think that we have been on record by saying possibly the weakest version of Mecha Godzilla. I, I don't know. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna change up on this? No, no, no. It's in terms of the overall, it is the weakest. But yeah. that's kind of because the previous the the other Mecha Godzillas are so strong mm-hmm. that it just kind of it lands on that. Lands so, on that thing. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Super Mecha Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Mecha Godzilla 2. Yeah. Um, th- this one, full on human creation from the remains of Mecha King Ghidorah, um, meant to be essentially a weapon, a giant walking tank that will uh, take yeah. care of Godzilla. Um, and I think, and always the biggest issue that I would have with the film is that is just the limit of what Mecha Godzilla is in the movie. It's just, it's just another giant one of their super jets that just happens to be in the form of Godzilla. Yes, I do agree with that. I do think that, I think there are some thematics that are interesting though, mm-hmm. in the sense of. Oh, definitely. Like if because, it fits in because the story, it, you know, if it's in the story of the human creation and that first fight where it basically fails spectacularly and gets his ass kicked by Godzilla is sort of that like, well, we can't just make a machine, mm-hmm. you know, and put it out there and it's going to win. You know, right. you need like the proper. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, it, and but it, basically it, like, it's like, the, the, it's like, I think what's actually interesting about that, the couple things about that Mecha Godzilla is that one, there is that kind of thematic where it's like, we tout this as this big advancement and this big, Thing that oh, this is going to be the thing that you know bites Godzilla, but at the end of the day, it's just another human creation to get destroyed right. by Godzilla, yeah. and that sort of confidence. I also do think that that Mecha Godzilla really shines in his uh, fight with Rodan. Sure, sure. And I do think that that Mecha Godzilla does pull some surprises out of that sleeve in the third act of that movie. Um, it's also distinct because it is uh, suit piloted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. More so than the other Mechagodzillas, uh, which are remote piloted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I still think what's kind of interesting about that aspect of it is that whereas the other Mechagodzillas really still have their personality despite being remote piloted, like Kiryu and Mechagodzilla 1 both have distinct personalities to them despite them being 
piloted creatures. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the thing about Mechagodzilla 2, um, the movie Mechagodzilla mm-hmm. 2, is right. that because you have these characters piloting it, a lot more of that personality comes from those pilots in and of themselves. Right, right. Um, and, but it also... Well, and think, that's why like even the end of Kira, uh, the third act of against God, Mechagodzilla shines so much because it, it's being piloted yes. like by Akane in, in those final moments. Yes, and it, it builds up to that. But I think that... There's an aspect of the thematics of that Mechagodzilla that I think sort of still ring true, um, especially because like you have this character in the that fucking guy character, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, who you know basically takes the Mechagodzilla into his own hands because you know he's got this one task to do, mm-hmm. and he's basically like, you know what, we got to go after. Well, that's not that's that's the next one. That's not that's not Mechagodzilla. That's the that's the next one. We're gonna get to that one though. But that does fit like ultimately, yeah, um, like where well, where this ultimately goes. I have egg on my face. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 It, it's fine because it just it, it is. I it's an compl- easy. Well. Okay. Uh, then I. Okay. Now I got it. But basically, like you know, there is this aspect of that movie. Uh-huh. If you want to just you know not put that in the episode. <laughs> uh, there is yeah, an honest as- mistake. It's an honest yeah, mistake. Uh, yeah. It's an episode of that movie. So. When they have to, when they're preparing to fight Godzilla, and then all of a sudden Rodan shows up, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like, well, we were preparing for this one thing, now we gotta kind of, you know, because also like, in essence, you know, we've had these other kaiju creatures, but like this this big lumbering mecha Godzilla was created to face Godzilla, and so when you have it go off against the more lim- uh, limber, agile, flying mm-hmm. Rodan, right. I think it really showcases like kind of the strength of the humanity's connection to that robot where it's like, well, they got to kind of play improvise mm. of like how mm-hmm. they're going to fight this Rodan creature, um, especially this powered up Rodan creature who's awesome. And I think that there's kind of an element of human more so than I think even in the other ones, because I think like terror, I mean, uh, Mechagodzilla one and terror have that kind of the, that, that brutality and that pure evil. And, the Mechagodzilla of Against and Tokyo SOS, there's a lot more of the spiritual themes and kind of those morality mm-hmm. aspects that kind of play with it. Whereas I think what's interesting reflecting on Mechagodzilla 2 is the fact that it, because it is a purely human piloted creature, that it is that connection between humanity and technology. Mm-hmm. And in essence, humanity is only as good. Uh, or the, the text, I replace that. The technology is only as good as humanity can make it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that Mecha Godzilla is only as good as the pilots that it has. Right. So in that first battle, when they're totally outmatched with Godzilla, it's kind of like, okay, well, we're finally doing this, and it's you know, it's you know, really hasn't been field tested, but we got to get it out there, and it kind of fails because, you know, they just really don't know how to fight Godzilla. There's not that. Hu- there's that human element there's right. that mistake and there's also the limitation because i remember like a power is like an issue in that one as well yeah. yeah and and it really is like that the technology on its own will not save humanity right it's how humanity uses that technology mm-hmm. and so when you have that final battle with rodan uh and that kind of improvisational nature and it shows like well you know, that kind of shows the human ingenuity. That shows that human element that a pure creature, a pure metal creature can't have. Mm. It's that human kind of ability to improvise and to have 
logic. Well, that, but and that, that's what that whole movie is also about. It's like this spiritual na- connection of nature between animals that ultimately overcomes yeah. the the crude brute force of the, what they just thought is going to be this simple tool. And and the, and the movie even takes a slight lean into the fact that humanity doesn't even get the upper hand until they start utilizing cheap tricks and you know yeah. and you know we're but, gonna we're we're going to use baby as bait and like you know we're going to like uh you know uh sneak in and get Godzilla while he's down while incapacitating his second brain and the movie kind of like frames it in a way of like ooh these are cheap shots a little bit yeah. like or you're supposed to feel kind of like a little bit like in, uh like it's invasive that yeah. they're doing a lot of this stuff like it's not quite like right. the honorable fight no. um so and i think that's and a I little bit yeah i think you've turned me a little bit around on on on, on mega godzilla i still think he has a dumb face yeah, it's it's, the worst. I mean, it's, it's again, it's it's one of the things where it's like this, he looks like Barney. Yeah, it's the least well designed, but just yeah. in comparison to all the other ones. Also, by the way, that a lot of those thematics really share with the first Star Trek movie. So now I like that Star Star Trek movie even more. I have this. to see it. I haven't seen it. We'll, very, we'll, we'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it. I'm very eager to see what you think of that. Uh, um, um, but, but but I do think there's some thematic elements where it's like I still enjoy. That like that movie is still within movie's really good. I movie's think. really yeah. good. It's still within my top ten. Yeah. right now, which again, once we get through all the Mechagodzilla movies, I'll talk about that consistency. But then we get to um, Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla. Yeah. where there is that that fucking guy. Yeah, and you know, they- but we should like so Space Godzilla introduced uh, the 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 hasty version of Mogera. Um, or Magara or Mogura. Right. Remember right. with the Star Falcon and the Land Mogura. Yeah. <laughs> But now we're gonna get over that. Mogura is definitely one of those underrated gems of a mech, I think. And and it's, it's one, one of the few highlights. Not few. It's one of the highlights of that movie. Yeah. And say. and then I would say like it's kind of like I would actually say like you know it, like he outshines Space Godzilla in that movie. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 100%. And it's and it's one of those things where it, it, to be fair. It's a creature that doesn't really have a personality. It's more based off of like it's an interesting, fun looking robot that's piloted by right. a dude. So you're more invested in like the human drama right, in that, which that, I think is why it works a little bit. Yeah, and it is like again, sort of going off that like you know it, that's a purely a kind of a ship more so. Right. Um, that is only as good as the you know the pilots that are in it. And so when our that fucking guy pilot. Like decides to do his own thing. Right. I don't know why I thought of the previous movie. Um, I was totally mixing them up. Well, no, I mean because it's still like you're because I think you're getting into the what makes the piloted kind because that's a big distinction is like the piloted mechas versus like the remotely like oh it's just like they pressing the button and then it goes off and it does its business so i think you're you're right in that you're speaking to more of there's that more of that intimate human connection that makes it a little bit more um of a palpable story yeah but it's just like you know and it's that sort of thing where it's like again that machine that ship whatever you want to call it is very still malleable to the human error right mm-hmm. and, and the human passion as it were right uh and again it's not just the technology itself that is going to make humanity victorious and gonna you know push humanity to the next level it's the humans within it and the humans that use that technology and how they use it to their advantage um, yeah and i think that there's that element of this like kind of even the danger of that technology when you have this pilot who has this personal vendetta against Godzilla, you know, and you're, you know, 
you're expecting him to okay, well Space Godzilla is the priority, but he goes off and does his own thing. There's that there's that danger of, mm. of that technology where it's like how easily it can go awry in right, the wrong hands. Because it's like, you know, it's not necessarily like taken over by an evil, you know, villain or anything like that. But at the end of the day, there is like this issue where it's like, well, now that technology is not being used for what it should be used yeah, for. Yeah, it's using it's being now like we're we're taking what could possibly be essentially the robot version of giant monsters and now it's in the hands of like people with petty grievances right. who and can like, like do whatever they want. And you could imagine a version of that movie where there is like the evil guy who like gets in it and takes it over and like or like we've seen that plenty of times too where mm. it's like you know the 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 evil corporation takes the technology and perverses it right. into their own thing and like that's never really They put the bad guy chip in it and then they like you know they take out the green yeah. one and they put in the red one like it's right. like yeah so they do that. You know like they chucky it essentially. Yeah. Um but uh they what's interesting about that though and this is the last thing I'll say about Mogura is that Mogura ultimately what I think is the hidden gem about him about or like you know it essentially is that it really shows the beauty of this form of entertainment that is giant monster fighting yeah because when you think about it what is happening in that movie you could do with like a guy in a jet you could put him in one of like the super x3 like you know it's just like all right we have the newest state-of-the-art jet with a giant crystal laser on and we're gonna put you in charge because you're the best pilot you're that fucking you're captain that fucking guy yeah and you're and you're we're gonna have you on this island for who knows how yeah you wear a bandana and you smoke cigarettes and you're not necessarily a bad guy but you're a real pain in the ass yes yeah, you're, it's like it's like that. What's that Key and Peel sketch where they like you, they have to go back and get like the old like Rambo type yeah. character? It's like Deckard, <laughs> we need you back. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need you to pilot Mogura. Uh, but but what's great about it is that but that wouldn't be nearly even with all the tricks and everything, it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining as that last scene when you see the guy punch the button and then Mogura take one last kind of like dive into space Godzilla Especially because you want to see a rope uh, like a robot or a monster fighting another robot or a monster and it's also a creature that I think that the its ability to split up into its land Mogura and yeah. Falcon forms I think is also an underrated aspect of that character because I think another part again for all the flaws of space Godzilla as a movie one of the more entertaining aspects of that end is that well they do have these like two things that they need to do you right know? It's like mm-hmm. they have to do the drilling with the land Mogura and the Dar Falcon still has to kind of you know fight the good fight and you still kind of have that interesting little like kind of you know the the missions of, of them kind of you know going on yeah yeah so there's some versatility in that and then remember that was a uh, concept uh, that was thrown away from the Godzilla yeah. versus Mechagodzilla 2 where Mechagodzilla was going to split in, in a yeah. very similar way. But there's just something about when you see Mogura like using its little drill nose to attack Space Godzilla. Yeah. Like that's the kind of fun stuff you want to see and you, I don't think you would get that if the guy was just in some sort of Super, yeah. like super jet, and right. I mean, well, like there, there's ways seen, you can do it. Like, I mean, but it's yeah. like you know, because we see that stuff in you know early Hasty. Yeah, see that stuff in uh, Returns and Biolanti, and you know, and that is what it there's is. There's ways to do it. Clearly, like you know, we personalize the Millennium Falcon. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like you know, we we consider the, the Enterprise is another good exactly. Example. Yeah, so we definitely characterize the vehicles, but when you have a giant monster movie, you want to put it through the lens of the only thing that you could this is 
this is the only time that you can put it through that lens. Like, yeah. and what's the best lens to put it through is monsters fighting other monsters. So, and I think that Mogura shows uh, the beauty uh, of that of that craft and form of entertainment. Yeah. I think. So, with all that said, that gets to our last entry in the mechas, and that is all the way into the Millennium series yeah. as we get to what we've been talking about in the last two movies of Against Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS. Is Mechagodzilla three, aka Kiryu, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's interesting as we get to this third Mechagodzilla that it is the one character that I think we've seen a natural evolution of different kind of iterations from full on as we're talking about probably one of the best Godzilla villains to all right like kind of more of like the role you think he would have like oh robot that they use to fight Godzilla yeah. to kind of this weird tragic hero that has thematic weight to it uh, yeah. uh, in, in a sense and and really ultimately comes i would say a a hero really in, yeah. in some in some ways yeah. yeah like or at least like the like the good guy whereas like i think that you know the super mega godzilla is just like a tool and then kiryu is i mean the fact that like you know within the fandom and within this podcast that you know we call it Kiryu and not necessarily just Mecha Godzilla yeah. 3 uh goes a long way well I think. I think there's again that's what I was talking about earlier is that this one where I think that's what's most interesting actually about reflecting on the Mecha Godzillas is that more so than the other kaiju that return that's the one that kind of has the most sort of differences in how it's presented that makes the most sense because mm-hmm. like again the first mecha godzilla from the showa era is that kind of purely evil creature right it's purely the bad guy the villain great foe against godzilla as i mentioned in um a movie that i know the plot of uh mecha godzilla 2 it is that tool it's just a another creature a, a, another aspect of them and again that aspect of you're only as good as the people inside of them. And, you know, that, that what we just mentioned. Whereas what Kiri represents is a very spiritual side of Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. A very, you know, the using the bones of the original Godzilla and having its ability to kind of reawaken that personality, but also that the way that Akane and its creators in both movies kind of treat it as, you know, something that they care about mm-hmm. you know and it's like akane and and our uh our engineer character in uh tokyo sos in the, in that same light they come to respect and care for right this purely metal creature and there's this spiritual element of like you know and the little girl being like, you know, reading into mm-hmm. Godzilla and Kiryu and saying, and like, given its origins of being made from the bones yeah. of a dead Godzilla. Too, so there's and- definitely, cause like, I think, and I think that's actually what it like overall makes kind of Mecha Godzilla even more of a favorite now that I've seen these movies. Cause when, yes, like we've had different iterations of Ghidorah and Mothra and, you know, these creatures that continually pop up, uh, in our, uh, Kaiju lives. Uh, but generally, like um, when you get like a Mothra, you you're gonna hit the beats, right? And you're mm-hmm. gonna you know explore those beats in different ways. Or when you hit the Ghidorah, you know you're gonna you know explore those beats. With the know? yeah, and like literally with the exception of one movie in the right. entire with, franchise, with the exception of GMK, GMK, like yeah, it, it's um, essentially Ghidorah. Despite right. origins, is always like Ghidorah. Or you get like a total kind of reinvention, kind of like a Rodan, mm-hmm. where it's like a Rodan comes in, it's like yeah, it's, there's a the familiar elements, but then you kind of power him up. 
right, bit right. More, and mm. get that reinvention. Whereas like the Mechagodzilla movies have not only been very consistent in the much how much I've enjoyed them in general, um, but they're also very much like they keep kind of the spirit of what Mechagodzilla is in design and basic function, but mm-hmm. they do so many different things with that character. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, it's a betrayal of what Mechagodzilla represents. No, it every time they use it, it fits within the story they're telling and the aspects of the characters they want to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still, at the end of the day, makes you enjoy Mechagodzilla. And there's a consistency of those Mechagodzilla movies that's like, whenever there was one out, I was kind of engaged in some form or another. And I think that the Kiryu stuff is just another example of that because, you know, you get these characters. um, And again, we have a great director that brings those characters to life very well, Mm -hmm. but you get these characters that care about this creature. And, um, and then you also, because you also have it where you have these characters that have like a Kane and our, and our engineer, who care about them, and you kind of contrast that with with the way that the the government views it, mm-hmm. with with our prime minister and you know our officials view it, where it is okay. This is the thing that's going to stop Godzilla and save millions of lives. Right, right. And there's that kind of element where they view it as the weapon, they view it as the tool. Mm-hmm. But the people who work on it on a daily basis know that there's something more here. There's something more personal there to their personal lives as well as this connection that they have with this man-made creature. And I think you're absolutely right in that Mechagodzilla is maybe the one of the big, notable Godzilla creatures that has been able to escape that mold of this is what Mechagodzilla is. Like, you know, there's some, like, there's some basics design-wise that I think people like to see, but the fact that we can talk about, we we see the Mechagodzilla is more individually in all of its iterations like we call it mechagodzilla one two and three where we don't necessarily do that with Ghidorah. we just say like oh this is Ghidorah in the hasey series this is Ghidorah in the showa series and the like the only one we do that with Ghidorah is gmk mothra is basically mothra throughout all of them and then if you kind of step aside from that you're like whoa whoa what are you doing with mothra but we kind of accept that you're going to do whatever you want with a mechagodzilla um, as well, I mean, there's a, there's a contingent of people who kind of like always want Mechagodzilla to just be the giant, at least be just a giant metal Godzilla at the very least. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, Mechagodzilla is the one character that manages to be like. There seems to be a fan understanding of like, oh, it can have whatever origin they want to do it. Yeah. Like it can be whatever. Like there's a little bit more freedom to actually, uh, to to actually do with it. And then with Kiryu specifically. I think it goes back to what you were saying right up at top, where it's like the whole playing God thing with like, you know, do like uh, desecrating like the remains of an old Godzilla. And it really is, I think, out of all of the Mecha Godzillas, is the biggest one that taps the most of the vein of the technological fear that we have uh, that is the reason that I think Mecha Godzilla exists in the first place. And it also ends up being like another really good matchup for Godzilla, where basically. Basically, it has essentially two stalemates with mm-hmm. that creature, where it's like you know it has the one at the end of uh, against where they basically like, you know, it's like defeated but not really. Like, yeah, it's never able to to secure a full on victory in either yeah. film. Yeah, and then and and as the prime minister says in Tokyo SOS, it's a hollow victory at the end when you know it it, it you know reawakens as a. Uh, you know, as the 54 Godzilla and he sees its duty to take the other Godzilla down into the depths of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's very interesting because, again, it's still about 
at the end of the day, there is limits to what humanity can do mm-hmm. with that technology. That just there's no easy win button for humanity. There's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. thing we can create that'll win us today and, and help us survive. It's yeah. it's about kind of functioning it within like our own human spirit. And Which is interesting because like no iteration of Mecha Godzilla has the Mecha Godzilla been able to uh, clearly win in a satisfying like yes like the mecha the mecha version reigns supreme over like the original yeah, I mean, in some way shape or form it's right. always like it's either a stalemate or godzilla still remains yeah. the like victor. the closest it is is like when that you know when mecha godzilla one's overpowering it in the first movie but then again at the end of the day godzilla still yeah wins. and and same thing with two as well so um so that's kind of like the entire comprehensive view of like all the mechas within uh w- within the franchise so uh, I think we can wrap up with just like some closing thoughts. Like now that we've kind of like you know uh, d- d- dissected it all and like looked back on it, uh, has there is there any other kind of thoughts that you have just about mechas now that we've discussed the well, whole thing? Well, really, at the end of the day, what I was going to mention is that Mechagodzilla specifically, but also our other main mecha in a you know Jet Jaguar is like the Mechagodzilla movies have been the most consistent mm-hmm. to me of like are recurring kaiju because mm. you know like, and, and by and by that what do you mean like i just it's mean like, in terms of my enjoyment of those movies and kind mm. of where they rank mm, okay in my my personal godzilla now do you think that's by chance or do you think it is because of like the the mecha think, stuff that we've been talking I about i do here's i i think it's partially just by chance because you know listen like Ghidorah's had some stinkers <laughs> you know uh, that first mothra movie can be rough yeah. Uh, too. So it's like our other main like kind of recurring kaiju. It's like, listen, Ghidra the three-headed monster is still like all-time favorite. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like it's still right next to fifty-four. Mm-hmm. Um, just love that movie. But Ghidorah is also an Astro monster. Yeah. And you know, in GMK. Yeah, and in Gigan and versus Gigan and in Gigan. Yeah. Uh, and again, Mothra also has a lot of stuff, but also it's like. You know, one, that first Mothra movie, again, can be very rough. And, you know, lots of times in the Showa era, it's Larva Mothra, which is not, like, mm-hmm, you know, right, my, right, right. my whole total jam. I'm a more Mothra Mothra. But, like, when I look at, like, Mechagodzilla, I have, like, right now, and this is a list without uh, uh, 2014 or Shin on there, which I'm sure will be in my top ten. But basically right now, I have four Mechagodzilla movies in my top ten. Um no, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we have three. Yeah, three. Because uh, it's like uh, Mechagodzilla. The first one's right now five. Uh, against is six. And uh, Tokyo SOS rests at ten right now. Right. Uh, and in even Terror, which is the weakest of those. Um... No, wait, no, I do have. I also have uh, uh, Mechagodzilla 2 mm-hmm. in my top ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like eight. Yeah, so yeah, four. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four. Yeah, no, yeah, that would be four. Sorry, yeah, because I was uh, I was miscounting as well. Yes, uh-huh. four. Uh, so I do have four in my top ten. But yeah. then even Terror Mechagodzilla, which kind of rests more towards the middle of the list, Terror is one of those movies that like rests in that realm of like it was fine when we watched it. It's right on that edge of like where the movies start to transition between movies that I enjoy and movies you know that are bad. Mm-hmm. And I even like Terror. Though it is the weakest of the Mechagodzilla movies, I still think there's a consistency with my enjoyment of it mm-hmm. um, that still puts it on that good end. And that really is more so than I can say than any of our other like recurring kaiju creatures. 
Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so that's I think definitely that's just fair. Like, I think I think my my only but I think thing. It's also it's the happenstance of just the thematics work for me very well. Yeah, and I think the differences in the ways they've explored it just kind of. Yeah, I'm almost like that um, because even though I like the movie uh, of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, it's like I don't love, um, you know, I just don't love the Mechagodzilla in that movie. But you've kind of got me on board about how it fits in story wise. And I've I've already loved that movie. But I would actually go ahead and say that I think that all the Mechagodzilla movies tap into some uh, varying degrees of like the why the whole mecha and mecha doppelganger trope works Mm -hmm. whether it be just the uh, brute um, the brute force and villainy of the uh, original uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla in the Showa era, whether it be those thematics of the limitations of man and its technology, and super in uh, with Super Mechagodzilla and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla two, and then when we get into the actual full on, very obvious like playing God and like these are this is when technology goes too far themes of the Kiryu saga and the Millennium series. So I think overall that I'm with you that I think that the Mechagodzilla films have a better track record. In just being enjoyable but i actually think that they ultimately uh do succeed in uh, tapping into what makes that concept work at the end of the day and i would say ultimately that looking back on all the mechas that we have talked about that i think that um while there is a level of where i think that the mecha and making something a robot is just on the surface just a really cool like you know way to go and it's like all right well we'll make a robot version of it because that's cool and there's more deeper you know um cultural societal and storytelling um aspects to why we like to do the robot thing anyway um but i do think that all these aspects whether it be jet jaguar um mecha king Ghidorah, or mogura that that all those movies do excel at um do at the robot thing <laughs> as uh, as uh, eloquently as I can put it, I, so and I and I think that all the movies do uh, do a good job at that. Um, but the last thing, how I will wrap all this up, the last question I will have is: Where do you want to see the Godzilla franchise go with mechas? And additionally, if you had to see a um, because with the whole like mechas uh, with like uh, in Godzilla films, like we can talk about like if you want to see a specific villain. But I do want to know if you had to mechanize an existing kaiju creature that we have, who would you like to see? All right. So one making one correction real quick. Sorry. Uh, actually, uh, the Mechagodzilla 2 is just outside my top 10 at 12, mm. but it's still right in that area, right, right in the movies that I like. Um, because I was thinking like, wait, it's not in my top 10, but I want to see that. Um, I I kind of said that what I would really like to see eventually, um, in general with Mechagodzilla, first of all, is kind of what I kind of pitched, what I kind of pitched at the end of uh, Tokyo SOS, where I would have liked to see the Kiryu as a total, you know, sentient creature, mm-hmm. and kind of the thematics of that, where it's like we've created, even if it's in a sense of like sort of like a Jet Jaguar situation, where we created a um a uh, we created like a creature, but then it kind of gained sentience on its own mm-hmm. and kind of dealing with that aspect of it, I mm-hmm. think would be very interesting and, and another new take. Right. And also again, sort of that 
thematics, which also fits very much into what I like about Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is this idea of like when this creature creates sentience, like do we treat do we treat it as a creature, right, or do we treat it as something we own? Yeah, because there's that aspect of so Godzilla fights Ultron essentially. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. But, it's like, but I think there's a lot of thematics sure. you can do, but then that still fits within that Mecha Godzilla history of like doing something different with it. I would like to see like Godzilla take on an AI. That would actually be, I think it would a, be a, a very, fun thing. A very yeah. interesting thing because it, it's kind of funny because that's kind of like a rote thing now but in the godzilla franchise it would actually be a fairly fresh thing that they could do yeah so uh in terms of a kaiju creature i would like to see mechanized um i would say that if we did that very distinct like mothra versus mecha mothra idea where it very again that the idea of nature versus technology and the perversion of mm-hmm. nature for technology uh, I think that would be an interesting thing. Like I said, I wouldn't just want to see Mecha Mothra on her own. I would want to see it kind of more of a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, um, let's see. That's an interesting question. Um, hmm. Who would I want to see <laughs> me- mechanized? I mean, I I got one. I got one for you. I would like to see a Mecha Rodan. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I was thinking about that. But I don't know if that's like really like you gotta make it interesting. That's oh, well, what if it could transform? What if it's a transformers too? <laughs> Dude, come on, kaiju transformers. Come on. Like I'm not saying like they're actually transformers, but let's say like they're like a Rodan, but it can like turn into a Mecha Anguirus as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that would be cool. That like, would be that uh, would yeah. actually be a neat little little wrinkle yeah it could like it's a it's a mechanized uh, kaiju that can like turn into like other in, into other kaiju that yeah, would be that, that'd be kind of cool yeah i uh, would i would actually say like a, a mecha kind of anguirus yeah but he, that'd can, be fun. Like, he can actually like roll up like sonic yes yeah that'd yeah. be awesome because i think that's the thing where it's like again like we're, i'm still waiting for my anguirus reinvention mm-hmm. i think there's still a chance with it but like doing because anytime I think like if you're gonna go the mecha route, you gotta do it like well, it's this but the next level. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're gonna do like a mecha Anguirus, you gotta make it do like things that Anguirus can't do. So right. it's like kind of like is maybe speedier or has like wheels or something like that. Shoots lasers out of its shell, right? Like, yeah. Things like, like I that. think like Anguirus would be like a design. I think you could do something interesting with in a mecha form. Yeah, I mean, I for me, just going forward, I, I think you and I have both been on the same page. Where I think if you were doing like the American films, Mecha Godzilla is like the only way that you can go from from here on out. Yeah. If for the American films, Mechanicon. But if you were to go with. I'm thinking what I would like to see. I love the idea of Godzilla facing facing off against uh, artificial uh, intelligence. Yeah, an ar- artificial intelligence. But um, I I do think that there there is room to for a brand new mechanical foe. I, I think that oh, I mean, you know, in general, yes. So yeah, like, like I if think you, if you well design it. Yeah, and I think that maybe you kind of like got my head spinning about like the the AI example. Like I think that actually may may be a good. Uh, way to go because again a little bit kind of like cliche and row for entertainment at large but we really haven't seen that in in Godzilla like not only like because it also will give us the opportunity for like another like actual like villain like with a character and everything yeah so the fact that it is like uh not only has all of the um the trappings of all the other like things that we love about the mech characters it also makes like a cool villain that is like able to intellectually uh yeah. you know uh 
go toe to toe with the king of the monsters right. himself. Like, and I think you could do like things like like imagine like if you had all like the hacking that was in like uh, uh, Godzilla two thousand, but there was like kind of an AI type of deal, and right? With the like personality that way, and then you had this big like robotic creature that represents that AI. I think that could be an interesting aspect, but yeah. also like I said, like. Even if it was just an aspect of like a built a they build a creature and it gains sentience and then there's more of a question of like you know kind of does that mean it's you know its own person mm-hmm. yeah definitely and you know what the biggest thing I would like if you're gonna do mechs um, and it's funny because I'm sure like if, like you know people could get on us that we went this whole episode and we did not talk about Pacific Rim that much uh, but That's uh, its own thing. yeah but I will say that the one thing I would like to see with mechs is because we didn't really touch upon it too much in this episode. I am a big fan of when you're doing mechs. I love, I like the pilot. I like a pilot in a mech. And that would be my one hope that if you're going to do mechs in the future, give, give us a pilot because I think it actually makes for a great way to easily get humans in on the action and not having to force it. It's just the most organic way. I think you can. And it's an easy way. If you do it well, it connects you very much with that person inside. Exactly. Exactly. Unlike Pacific Rim. So, (laughs) Ooh, a little uh, right, Pacific right at the Rim Elizabeth uprising. Yeah. Hey, a little bit, little bit. I'm on your side. A <laughs> little bit better, but yeah. John, John Boyega is greater than Charlie. <laughs> no, no, uh, no argument there, my friend. No argument there. Um, and of course, we've mentioned it a million times. Give us more Jet Jaguar stuff, d- dude. Like, yeah, I mean, like, okay, American films, Mechagodzilla, Toho films, maybe, a, maybe a, a AI, but overall. More Jet Jaguar all, right. all the way. But uh, so uh, we came up from our deep dive, and that's another one in the books for Godzilla. So thank you, uh, ladies, gents, and germs who uh, continually listen to this show. If you are enjoying this, then you're welcome. Yeah. And thank you yeah. for for listening. Um, Nick has plugged and plugged and plugged away on other shows. You know where to find us by yeah. now, and we don't do it on this show. But uh, we're on SoundCloud. We, could, we yeah. could, but you don't. Yeah, I, you know what? People ask me, it's like, what's this podcast? I tell them it's Bonzilla. It's a red logo. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you'll find it. You'll, you'll, find you'll, it. you'll find it there. But all right, everybody, thank you for listening to this deep Godzilla deep dive. And until next time, I'm Will. I'm Nick. And good night, everybody.